hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Scared of investing because you don't know how to invest or what to invest in? Well, consider getting a robo-advisor. No, not Wally's long lost cousin, but a financial ally that's part tech wizard, part financial genius, and maybe a dash of R2D2. You're listening to Crew Money episode number 482. And today we're sharing how a robo advisor might turbocharge your wealth building game to secure your ideal retirement. Now, on with the show. Bleep, bloop, bloop. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. The robots are coming. The robots are coming. The robots are coming. W T. F. <laughs> I'm just warning all of the financial advisors out there that the robots are coming for their jobs. <laughs> they are. I remember when robo advisors first became a thing. And then my first inclination was like, this is going to take out a lot of financial advisors' jobs. And I remember talking with very confident financial advisors. And I don't know if I've never met an insecure financial advisor. It's part of the requirement. And they're all like, no, you can never take my job. But <laughs> girlfriends, it's coming. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Especially as we see technology ramp up so quickly. You know, there definitely is a force coming for a lot of the things that humans do that can be done. I don't know if I want to say all of them can be done better, but a lot of them can be done better without emotion. And that's what I think that the technology is going to do. When I think what's, we're going to talk a little bit about this later is now the AI, the robo-advisors are now able to start to factor in behavioral finance into the algorithms, which is something that they couldn't do initially and was one of the sort of variables that financial advisors were holding on to saying, oh, the, the robots are not going to be able to, to take into account like the emotional stuff. Well, Girl, you're stealing my thunder from later on in the show. Now, well, I'll get off your stage. Do, do the proper intro then, because you've gone off script, David. <laughs> so in 2023, John and I partnered with The Motley Fool to do the first of its kind. Well, actually, this is the second year LGBTQ plus money study. And when we did that, we found that 46% of respondents listed saving for retirement as a top priority. Yet at the same time, 32% of those respondents said making the right investment decision was a top worry of theirs. Right. So today we're about to dive into this topic that's both cutting edge and downright futuristic using robo-advisors to turbocharge your wealth building game, especially for those of you who are just getting started. Absolutely. So David, why did the robo-advisor bring a ladder to the stock market? Because he wanted to reach new heights in portfolio performance. <laughs> Thanks, dad joke. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, we're taking a stroll through the automated wonderland of investing strategies where algorithms work overtime and AI doesn't stand for amusingly incompetent. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's Donald Trump. 
So we've talked before on previous episodes about the need or, or the idea of investing in no and low cost index ETFs. We did that on Crypto Money episodes number 213 and 370. And then on episode 204, we talked about the different kinds of advisors that you can hire. So today we're trying to specifically address that response in the Motley Fool Debt Free Guys LGBTQ plus money studies where so many of the communities have this aversion to investing because they don't know how to do it. And really what we're saying, if you're scared and you're not, even if you're not comfortable picking the no or low cost index ETFs, go with a robo advisor. And now we understand there might be some hesitation with doing that because you're kind of layering on working with a robot in an area that you're kind of already afraid of doing, of working in, just kind of layering fear upon fear. It doesn't have to be that way. And we're going to try to explain today why the robots are your friends. Yeah. So John, what is a robo advisor? All right. Well, Per Investopedia, a robo-advisor is a digital platform that provides automated algorithm-driven financial planning and investment services with little to no human supervision. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, John, what is a robo-advisor? <laughs> Better scripted is like having a sassy sidekick in the world of finance guiding you through the market twists and turns while tossing investment advice with the finesse of a glitter cannon at a bright pride parade. <laughs> I've never seen a glitter cannon, but I, I need not, to now. I'm not either. And when you started to say the word toss, I started thinking of something else. So, but let's get back to Keep the finances. <laughs> on, all right. So tell, tell us, I think what would be interesting for people to understand is maybe a little bit about how we got here. This is, didn't just happen overnight. Robo-advisors are actually not a new thing. It just didn't just bubble up because of ChatGPT, even though ChatGPT and that kind of technology is what's making robo-advisors even better. What's a little bit of history, David? Yeah. So robo-advisors or using this kind of technology has been around for quite a while, but it really kind of picked up and became, I want to say, more active ingredient in what financial more firms legitimate. were. Yeah. Legitimate, yes. But I think I think that the benefits are to be seen in around 2008 when this concept was starting to emerge and people were starting to use computers to understand how to trade better, especially financial advisors and money managers and fund managers were looking at how can they use computers to, to help them make their decisions better. And some of them just said, well, maybe the computers can make it. <laughs> decisions for us. And that's really when the birth of robo-advisors came about and they were introduced into the market in 2010. So we're talking about 14 years ago by Betterment was the first firm to actually introduce a true robo-advisor. After that, there was a, a, an explosion in the landscape of robo-advisors because firms started to see that it was an easy way to offload costs and to still bring in assets. So firms like Wealthfront, Charles Schwab, Boo. Boo is right, Vanguard, they picked up and started uh, expanding their robo-advisor offerings in the 2011 to 2015 timeframe. And in 2017, it really kind of took off. And now almost every firm that's out Mr. there- Worldwide. Yeah, exactly. Uh, almost every firm that's out there has a robo-advisor offering, especially because of the way that they can gather assets with it. And initially, I think it was more of a compliment to what a, a manager would do for a client, maybe handle some of the portfolio, but now it's almost becoming all-encompassing and doing almost all of the work of yeah, a financial advisor. Exactly. We Especially when, when you, for folks, if you're not familiar or weren't a part of the financial services industry, building a very complex and detailed portfolio with just stocks 
And being able to pick the stocks that you know that your clients want and don't want to have in the portfolio and making sure that everything is running exactly the way that they want on an individualistic basis takes a ton of work. Yeah. A, a lot of work to do that for multiple clients. Sure, you can do it for one or five clients, but those people have to have literally hundreds of millions of dollars in order for you to be able to earn a living off of that amount of money right. um, to do that kind of work and to have the team that would do that kind of work. So having the computers do it made it a lot easier and a lot cheaper for these firms. Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't until around 2018 when robo-advisors actually started getting really connected with artificial intelligence, machine learning, and all of that really kind of upped the game. And more recently, what we've seen is that now it's being customizable at that individual level, right? right? For somebody who says, I don't want sin stocks, or I don't want horn stocks, or I don't want the hobby lobby. There's one we all don't want in our portfolio. You know, you can have that happen. You can say, I want an S&P 500 portfolio, but I don't want these three stocks in there because of the right. way they treat the other. Whereas before, unless you were like the ultra, ultra, ultra wealthy client of theirs, they couldn't make that, they wouldn't invest the time or waste the time to make it that customizable for you because it was just too expensive, like you said. Where now is even those of us who aren't, you know, the multi-million, multi-billion dollar investors, even though we might only have a couple hundred thousand, we can now say, please exclude Hobby Lobby from my portfolio, even though the rest of your book might still have Hobby Lobby. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, and for those kinds of money managers, they were oftentimes looking for individuals who had a minimum of $500,000 to invest in that one portion of their portfolio, right? right. So you have to have $500,000 to invest in large cap. You have to have $500,000 to invest in small cap, $500,000 to invest in international. So you see why this is That's, was really designed for- Excludes a lot of people. Yeah. And robo-advisors, R2D2 and the like, are stepping in and they're taking those money managers' places. Right. <laughs> Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. So what are some of the ways that robo-advisors can actually help you turbocharge your wealth building? And what are they actually doing on a... On a, on a actually literally a second by second basis. Well, there are a couple of things that they're doing. They offer uh, more cost effective investing simply because there's not a whole lot of human element in there, right? Your your financial advisor typically has a team of people that supports them. And so you're paying for one to any number of people's salaries, right? And that comes with all the human elements that can increase costs. It also offers automated portfolio management. So the algorithms are constantly working, constantly crunching the numbers and making sure that your portfolio is, is properly balanced based on what your risk tolerance and what your goals are, your objectives, your time horizons, all those different variables. It's constantly managing to make sure you're not deviating too far from sort of a, a general bandwidth of that you don't want to deviate from based on market volatility. And so it provides diversification strategies that maybe financial advisors can't typically conduct at such a level of expertise as well as tax efficiency management, which can get really, really complicated and costs a lot of time on the a, fi a human financial advisors table, but robot can, robot can actually do it a lot more 
can be much more efficient in its tax efficient strategy. <laughs> it's, it's efficient with its efficiency. Yeah, right? exactly. We talked a little bit about tax harvesting on a couple episodes ago, 480 of the Queer Money podcast. And that's something um, that your financial advisor needs to consider as well as your tax professional or your accountant. So it's nice in this regard, if you're going to use a fo- robo-advisor, that that's already being baked into the model for you. And you're not necessarily paying a whole lot more for that, like if you would for a human. Now, I don't know how, how quickly the evolution of AI is in accounting. <laughs> I would guess it's going pretty quickly, but... I haven't heard that. I'm not, we're not tapped into that. Not yet. And then one of the other great things about using a robo-advisor, sort of what David alluded to earlier, you don't need to have a 500,000. You don't need to have 500,000 for this market cap, this market cap, asset allocation, right? You can actually, you don't even have to have 500,000 initially to invest at all. Some of these, Betterment and Wealthfront have as low as, is it 25,000? Actually, some of those you can start off with investing as little as $5. Now, it's not going to be as customized at those levels. Oftentimes, you're getting into a larger, slightly larger right pool of portfolios, but it does allow you to start getting into the robo-advisor space at those really low levels. So if you've got $25,000 to $50,000 to invest and you're thinking about, do I need to hire a a portfolio manager? No, you don't. And you don't need to wait until you have the $100,000 to $500,000. You can actually definitely check out Vanguard, Wealthfront, Betterment, and there are any number of robo-advisors that you can consider. Great way for you to get into the stock market and have a much more optimal and efficient portfolio being managed by something other than yourself or another human. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the advantages that robo-advisors add, especially with the market that we've seen over maybe the last four years, right? Up and down and up and down. And you know, what's interesting is the more I hear individuals in the finance space talk about this, it seems like the volatility is kind of here to stay. We're going to continue to see a lot more days where the market swings, news impacts. And so having- Part of that is attributable to the robots, right? Because now there's much more automated responses to the market volatility. So everybody, all the robots sort of act in unison in a way, whereas before it was individual humans that had to act in unison. And sometimes there was somebody who could respond immediately. And sometimes it would take some advisors or, or managers or whatever, a couple of days to respond. Yeah. Now everything, it's kind of the robots are sort of part of the problem, but on coupled on top of that, our markets are becoming more, much more global. So, yeah. you know, there are pe- literally people while we're sleeping at night, there are literally people in Australia and New Zealand who are trading American stocks. And then we're waking up and we're trading Aussie stocks, yeah. NZ. <laughs> right. Okay. So what are some of the things that robo-advisors are actually taking care of during market turbulence? Well, during market swings, oftentimes your portfolio can get out of balance. Now, basically that means you have an asset allocation. So you have a specific amount that you want in large cap and a specific amount that you want in international, a specific amount you want in bonds and amount in cash. Well, when the market moves quickly and there are big swings, that portfolio balance can get out of whack pretty quickly. So having that automatic rebalancing happen happening means that your portfolio can move quickly to get back in balance. And that really is important because your goal is to grow your portfolio with that particular asset allocation, both for protection, but also for growth. And so the more you can stick to that asset allocation, the more you're sticking to your goals. The other thing is, is that that 
during these times, like you said, literally these computers are looking at your portfolio and what is going on in the market every single second. They're right. looking at what kinds of things are happening. And that's just an element that a human can't provide. Exactly. And granted, now some of this may be may be happening at a much larger scale if you're in if you're grouped into a robo advisor portfolio rather than having your own portfolio but still the same thing is happening is it's constantly looking at what your portfolio makeup is and is it sticking to it and does it need to be making any changes and the nice thing about this is that a lot of times we think we know what our risk tolerance is <laughs> we all say that we're 100% okay with the, if the market were to drop 10% but then the market drops 11% and we all shit our pants <laughs> right and so what these robo advisors can actually do is when they see the market going through these kinds of swings it can literally message you get in front of you and say are you still okay with this risk tolerance? Do we need to change your risk tolerance? Are you freaking out? Which is <laughs> is interesting because back in, I, I was actually on the phones in 2008 and when the market started to crash, literally there were people who were calling us freaking out and they had a financial advisor that they were working with and they were calling us saying, do something about what's going on. Well, we would say to them, please call your financial advisor. You worked with them to build your risk tolerance profile. Money. <laughs> right. They're the ones who are responsible for making sure that you're okay with the risk tolerance assessment that you took and the, the way in which your portfolio was designed. Well, now the robots can basically kind of do that for you in reaching out to you and saying, hey, things are happening. Do we need to make some changes? Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things along those lines is that your asset allocation can then be tweaked pretty quickly and they can employ these strategies to dynamically change your portfolio if certain things happen, right? So if you see the market swing, this is where we want the portfolio to go. We want to make these kinds of changes. Yeah, like so if this, then that. Exactly. Well, the that's really, but basically what algorithms are is a huge group of if this, then that kind of. That's like still around as if it's still around. I don't know if it is. <laughs> the other thing that the dynamic asset allocation allows you to do is there are often times that you have one objective for one portion of your portfolio, but you might have another objective for another portion of your portfolio. So if the one objective for the one portion of your portfolio is to get you to cover your expenses through retirement, but you have another objective to make sure I inherit $200,000 to this LGBTQ plus kid that I helped raise or or want to inherit money to, or this nonprofit I want to inherit money to, then that can be managed a little bit differently. And so for that portion, it might be a little bit more conservative than say your your personal assets. And it allows you to maybe do that a little bit more cost effectively than again, a human. Exactly. Another thing that robo-advisors can do during these market turbulent times is to do some stress testing. And this is not something that the actual human has to do. You build it into the model and it basically says, okay, it does run through this. If this happens, then that happens. How will the portfolio perform? Looking at past markets and the way the market has moved, if this were to happen again, or if it were to happen twice as fast, what's going to happen to the portfolio? So it's able to actually kind of test out scenarios that is 
really, that is really, really, really complicated for a human to sit down and do and say, if this scenario happens, what would happen to the portfolio? If this scenario happens, what would happen to the portfolio? You literally need high, really powerful computers to go through all those kinds of scenarios, those kind of algorithms to see if this is, if the result would be, if you would be okay with the results, right. so to speak. It's not a whole lot different than the models that they create for weather patterns. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Like the uh, weather channel for your portfolio. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and you had alluded to this earlier, this whole idea of behavioral finance. We know that Absolutely. we know that when the market starts to move rapidly, whether it's going up or going down, people do freak out. Humans get crazy. Yeah, we do. And so the computers can actually take a look at past activities of what do they call irrational exuberant individuals and look at that and say, if people start moving in this direction, what kind of things do we need to do? Do we need to put a hold on, you know, do we, we stop trading or do we, do we get rid of all of this particular stock in our portfolio? Do we just look at those? It's able to look at those kind of things and say, if humans are acting irrationally, how can the computers act rationally? <laughs> or smarter. Or smarter. <laughs> I yeah. think to me, the, the behavioral component, as well as the dynamic component are two recent adaptations that make robo-advisors really, really powerful that to that degree, humans just can't provide. Yeah, you're right. My thought. Yeah. Another thing is liquidity management. Liquidity management, for if you're not familiar with the term, liquidity basically means how quickly you can turn your portfolio into cash. Especially for retirees, it's really important, right, to have to make sure that you have access to cash, especially if you're required to take your minimum required distribution. Every year, you're required to take a certain percentage of your portfolio out. Uh, you're supposed to cash out a certain portion of your retirement account. Well, if the market is going down, that is not when you want to be selling off your stocks, right? You Even don't though want that's be... when most people want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so the robo-advisor can actually, the algorithm can look at it and say, okay, is this the right time? Do we now take some cash because the market is up or the portfolio is out of balance? And, and, and one of the ways to balance it is to pull some, some money or some yeah, a portion of the portfolio over into cash or or maybe less likely to be volatile portions of the portfolio so it could easily be converted into cash. So it does manage, can manage your liquidity. And of course, the robots are only getting smarter, right? <laughs> I, I would love now to say that every Lord. financial advisor is getting smarter, <laughs> but I wouldn't even give myself that, that kind of accolade. The the algorithms, the machines are learning at a faster rate than humans really can. And so they're able to adapt and grow. And over time, that's why I kind of said, this is a warning to financial advisors who think that their job is to just sit there and help their clients' assets grow. It's going to change. Your job is going to be very different in the next five to 10 years than what it was is now or was five to 10 It's still going to be fun and complicated. You're just not going to be a portfolio manager or a stock trader. You're going to become more of a financial, more of a financial planner. We're going to see more financial planners and more relationship managers, man, yeah. you know, managing that relationship. Cause you know, the robot can't call and say, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, can't, can't do that. Or so many individuals with the title financial advisor 
all they care about is the $250,500 million, $1.5 million that you have and making sure that it's invested and that it's growing. A lot of them don't care whether or not you have a financial succession plan, don't care whether you have a will or a trust, don't care what your family life looks like, because all they care about is those assets under management. They are those individuals will die away with the increasing use of robo advisors, and they will have to either quit their jobs or move into being that relationship manager, financial planner. And slightly off topic, that's why I think more LGBTQ plus people need to become financial planners or relationship managers, um, because there's that whole like life coaching, psychological support, uh, therapist level kind of support that you're providing people to at some point. It's a, lot, it's a much more esoteric position than say just you know managing numbers and trying to grow the numbers. But that's for another po- topic. Yeah, another podcast. So. so- from automating your investments to optimizing your portfolio through market twists and turns, these silicon companions are like the financial superheroes of the digital age. <laughs> so stay tuned for your crypto money takeaway from this episode. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode today. Get your queer money takeaway from this episode in this week's newsletter, as well as notes and links on what we discussed today about robo-advisors. Exactly. And then join us this Thursday when we cover the last state (laughs) in our most affordable LGBTQ plus friendly city series. I can't believe it. Crazy. Which is the great state of Alabama. And then next Tuesday, when we talk about the number one response that we got in all of our surveys from you is how to make money to keep up with the cost of living. We'll tackle that next Tuesday. Thank you and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.